This is Coach Cimarroni. I trust you are well and about to emerge after this most challenging of years. In all that we have collectively been through, we can still find that silver lining. That said, it is my pleasure and honor to announce a rekindling and reconnection to my long time and good friends at the Montrose Auto Group. Mike Thompson, Chris Mills, and the incredible staff at Montrose Westside have afforded me and Razor, my company, an opportunity to present the outstanding lineup of high-quality vehicles in their stable. Jaguars, Range Rovers, Volvos, and a bevy of high-quality pre-owned vehicles are at our and your disposal. I look forward to being of service to you and your family, friends, company, and associates at your request and direction. Let's get together soon to discover how we may be a solution to your driving requirements and desires. Thanks so much and talk soon. This is Coach Cimarroni for the Montrose Auto Group's West Side Store. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time, and I have on the phone, not in studio, I wish I had him in studio, Frank Jasper, shoot, from Vision Quest. Frank, how the heck are you, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Beer? I'm good. I'm glad that you ate that great breakfast that we talked about off air. I love the avocado toast. That's fantastic. It's my favorite thing. I love uh, healthy fats. You know, yeah. People shy away from fats, but if you have healthy fats, that's, that's just what's going to fuel your body. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a cleaner fuel than uh, carbohydrates. It just burns better. It has less byproducts and it lasts longer and there's no dip in energy. Right. And it's also good for your brain and uh, skin and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm assuming. Hey, lubrication, my friend, lubrication for the body. We need it, man. Especially, uh, I'm, uh, I'll be 64 soon. So I need as much Fantastic. lubrication as I can. <laughs> exactly. Right on, right on. Well, I know that you've got a lot of that in your life because that's what you're doing out in California, but we want to start, um, with, uh, you know, your, your younger years and, uh, I'll tell you, Frank, this is just fantastic. I know my audience is going to love hearing some of these stories about uh, Vision Quest uh, and the and the whole cast of characters. I mean, it's unbelievable. Forrest Whitaker, Baldozer, Daphne Zuniga, uh, Margie Epstein, uh, Madonna before she was Madonna, Linda Fiorentino, Carla, Ronnie Cox, the dad, uh, John Peters, producer. It, it just what an incredible Matthew Modine, Loudon Swain. I mean, and you. What what an incredible cast to to line up and um, create this. You know, basically called classic. And just remember, also Harold Becker is just uh, you know an amazing um, director in his own right, and sure. his his other movies are really stand the test of time as well. So it it has a lot to do with his ability to pick uh, talent and be able to bring it together in a specific way. And right. so I give a hats off to him too. Yeah, and I think the you know the uh, uh, Peters Gruber they were really hitting their stride in that that time too. I think John Peters was uh, at one time Barbara Streisand's. Love interest, but um, yep. ha- having said that, uh, you also had a pretty good consultant in Cash Stone too. I, I'm I heard. Yeah, the guys had years and years of coaching, and uh, I think he was around. I want to say 50 years old at the time when he was running all of the wrestlers and 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 really um, taught Matthew how to wrestle and just put together the whole background and the extras, all the wrestlers and. 
and wrestled, actually wrestled with him. He would run two miles and then he'd come in and he would do handstand pushups at age 50. So fantastic. Just a tremendous uh, person, athlete, and just inspiration to everybody. Well, you know, it's interesting too, because the coach, uh, Coach Rada, Charles Halloran, Halloran, um, he, uh, what an incredible character actor. He was in the original uh, remake of uh, uh, The Thing, uh, along a, a number of other uh, movies. And um, he really, uh, I think, embodied uh, that coaching persona pretty well as well. I don't know what you thought about that, but I, I, I really like the way he presented himself. I absolutely thought he locked it in. And unfortunately, we lost him some years later, but yes. thank God we had him for this project. And you know, like you said, he just was an amazing actor, did all these character roles and, and really carried the load there in regards to giving something for Matthew to work off of, you right. know, and in the movie. Right. And and of course, you know, Ronnie Cox, the ultimate dad, allowing Linda Fiorentino to come in and live with, I mean, what the heck? God bless. That, what a fantastic situation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what was the dynamic? You guys had to talk about that on set. I'm amazing, right? No. Well, I, you know, so I was kind of isolated. I, you know, I don't know, um, you know, how other shoots go with with actors, but sometimes they isolate, or sometimes they don't want them talking. They don't want them to become friendly, and right. and so I was in this very unique position that I wasn't an actual actor, so I wasn't hanging out with the actors, and right. I was in what's called the A line or whatever the the, the roles that had uh, lines and, and speaking roles. Okay. And so I had my own um, trailer along with all the other actors. And so I didn't hang out with the wrestlers much either. I mean, I wow. knew some of the wrestlers because one of the wrestlers had told me about the role. Yeah. But it was, I was kind of in that little world. And it's kind of like, a you know, an athlete preparing for an event, a major event, which is the way I looked at it. Sure. And I just had to stay focused and just do what exactly what I was asked to do. And it was, you know, losing 25 pounds in two and a half weeks aye, to aye, start aye. the filming was the beginning of that. Sure. Well, you were, I mean, you were incredibly cut and you know, that famous scene um, with, with the log, I think uh, Stallone watched that and put it in his movie, <laughs> but I, I, I heard that it was hollowed out, but it was still pretty heavy, right? Exactly. And, um, you know, it was just awkward with something on the on the back. You have to kind of reach around backwards and, and sure. pull this log. Um, if it has weight, then it gives you some more stability. But it was um, it was more cumbersome than it was heavy. But it it wasn't light. Right. It was uh, had some weight to it. But uh, I I recently, about uh, two years ago, I carried a, a one of those training logs into a, a, a fundraiser. A, a, you know, a USA foundation fundraiser and we auctioned it off to randy couture who nice you know big support big support for wrestling oh, you know, yeah. he came from wrestling yeah amazing guy so he was there chris pratt was there um sure. and so there was some great support and he bought the log and and all that money went into support wrestling on the on the west coast that's all aw- that's an awesome story and yeah couture couture was uh in all those expendable movies with stallone and the boys so yeah, yeah it was pretty fun to see that and you, you know he made reference to his ears which i always loved um it's always our calling card right when you walking walking down the street and see somebody with ears like that, you're like, dude, okay, I got you. <laughs> you know where he's been. You know what he's done. Exactly. You know the time he put in, yeah. And that's 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 also too kind of get me to, you know, as a as a wrestling coach at that time, I was I was assistant coach 
an area high school called Brush, and then right after that became the head coach at Beechwood High School. And um, obviously, there's no way Loudon Loudon Swain is throwing you <laughs> with that hip toss <laughs> in a million years. But but he did, you know, he did it in the movie as you know for dramatic effect. But tell me about the, a little bit of the training about that and wrestling with him and. Um, you know, just just walk us through that a little bit because everybody, you know, obviously is uh, interested in that dynamic. Well, listen, you know, you know what wrestling's like and how sure. long it takes one to get the real dynamics of it. You're learning basics in the beginning. Right. You really have no idea what you're doing. You're going to basically get thrown around more than you're actually going to do any damage on the mat. Right. Um, usually in that first year. And, you know, Matthew had to kind of cover that ground very quickly. Right. Uh, six months is about all he had of exposure to wrestling. So you have to give him some, you know, big credit for really stepping up and, and you know, giving this a really nice look on the, you know, on the big screen. Right. It looked, what I felt like, it looked like it, it could have been a battle to some degree. And, and right. uh, his character, he also, you know, I have to say that he just played his character really well. All the different, uh, the love interest, the, you know, the joking aspect, he had a good comedic timing, you know, and he was intense when he needed to be intense. So, sure. you know, I thought for him, this was a beautiful role. And, um, you know, my relationship with him uh, didn't really ex expand much during the filming, but I've stayed in touch. I've stayed in touch with his wife, Carrie. They're very good people. I nice. run into them at different events. Uh, I hadn't seen him in 30 years. And then there was a, a beat the streets event in sure. uh, New York city. Sure. I love it. <laughs> and the Russians brought their, their national wrestling team and the USA had a national wrestling team and they wrestled in a place called Libby square. They built a platform and a, a wrestling mat. And, uh, uh, they flew me out for that. And Matthew was sitting there. Um, he and I on the, you know, just on the side of the mat. Yep. And so we got to catch up and that was, that was really great. Uh, he's, like I said, he's a solid citizen. He's been with the same woman throughout his entire career. He's he's had a, just a fantastic acting career, and uh, he's dabbled in uh, producing, directing, and uh, writing uh, projects as well. Sure, and he just uh, recently was in, uh, I think, the first, maybe second season of Stranger Things, which really upped his uh, his Q rating, if you will, uh, because yeah. of that that show. That show was wildly popular with Bobby Bobby Brown, whatever her name is, Bobby, whatever. Millie Bobby Brown, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Mav Peters, our our producer extraordinaire, Mav Peters. Uh, big big announcement. He's uh, engaged to be married on May tenth. Uh, we just told him that. So, yeah. How about that? Huh? So that's that's go. great news for blood. The blood time family is going to be growing. And uh, but so so you know so you had those really incredible experiences, but you know you had to lose twenty five pounds, and I and I heard too that you had to come back and recut the weigh-in scene yeah. and had yeah. to lose the same amount or close to the same amount of weight quickly because they had yeah. to do it in post-production. Is that true? So, you know, I, when I got cast in this role and, and it was a series of five different auditions. And, wow. and you know, I, if we want, we can go into those more specifically, but yeah. it was, it was tremendous experience for me. Um, I made just the, you know, it's like, 
anything I do, I make a total of 100% commitment. And sure. when I was cast, they had two weeks before they started shooting. Okay. And they had cast this role twice before, and neither one of those guys worked out. So they were under tremendous pressure to make this happen. Oh, my gosh. Um, to find the right person. And I just, luckily, one of the wrestlers was in the movie named Rick Default. Okay. Yeah, who was a wrestler at Eastern Washington. Gotcha. Uh, took that took that semester off, and I was the athletic trainer that semester for the wrestling team. So oh. as an athletic trainer, you work with different teams. You play sure. work with the football team, work with the basketball team. So you get different exposure. Well, that semester I was working in the wrestling room as a, a athletic trainer for the team and traveled with them. Okay. Um, but Rick came in and told me about this movie, and then. He says, you know what? They're still looking for somebody. Is you know they're looking for somebody six foot tall, you know, blonde hair, right? Muscular build that can wrestle. And he looks at me. He goes, "That's you." Yeah, yeah. And you got to, you got, you got to go do this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no way. You know, I'm like, I'm not an actor. I've never done anything. I've never done any drama, mm-hmm. uh, dramatic anything. <laughs> right. And, right. But he convinced me because he says, "Listen, I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid, and as an as a college student, you know, to get paid is." to do things you like that's pretty good oh my god so i finally thought well i'll just i'll i'll go see what this is about if i get the role then i'll go and watch and see how a movie gets made i'll be an actor you know a wrestler right. in the background right. i'll get some money so i can pay because i was paying for my own college at the time um so that's what i went in there thinking. okay okay went in there thinking like oh i'm just going to get a, a role in the background and and so i walked into my first audition and little did you know you're going to be the antagonist Unbelievable. Well, and she hands me sides, which are lines for a scene. And I'm right. like, what is this? Rick never told me. <laughs> you, and yeah, yeah. Lucky thing he didn't. I don't think I would have walked in there. But gotcha. anyway, uh, we, gotcha. sh- we we walked through these scenes a few times, and then I made a mistake and kind of laughed and she because I was nervous. And she looked right at me, and she said, we're looking for intensity here. If you make a mistake, just carry on as if nothing happened. Got it? And I was like, oh, shit, okay, got it. Yeah. Um, so I read him again with her and then she called Harold Becker up and she goes, Hey, he wants to see you. So we walked around to his office. Sure. I walked in there. He looked at me and he goes, okay, you know, the you know, the lines now he takes the sides out of my hands. Now I've read it like what? Twice. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. You're like, okay, whatever. Let's go. Yeah. But I just somehow I got through it. I just trusted I had something imprinted in there. Now they're not like long monologues, but it's still a timing thing. You still have sure. to remember what the guy saying. Right. Um, so I read the lines. He was okay. Now he said, You got to see if you can wrestle. And I had to go do a uh, practice, do an half hour practice with Cash Stone. And then I had to come back and uh, shave my mustache. And then I. Uh, then I came back to read uh, the final. See, it was at the like the fourth and fifth edition uh, part is that they flew this guy, the John Peters and Peter Goober, mm-hmm. flew a guy from California up that they liked. Okay. And the producer or the director liked me. He saw me and he liked me. So right. I had to convince the producers that I was the guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I go. I go to read, you know, for the the casting director that's on the main casting part in LA. Yeah. And she's sitting in front of all these guys that are sitting behind. And um, before I even walked in there, Harold Becker walks out and meets me in the hallway. And he goes, okay, Frank, he says, when you come in here, I want you to stay intense the entire time, no matter what happens. Got it? And then right. he just slaps me on the side of the face. I love it. <laughs> you know, I grab my teeth and I go, and I said, got it. And I turned around and he goes, that's what I want. I love it. It's fantastic, <laughs> man. Little, You're you ready know, to wrestle. Like, like a wrestling match. Yeah, know? absolutely. Like, Cuff you upside the head, baby. I love it. 
Yeah, just get your focus. Absolutely. <laughs> they were so clear. Well, I want to come back to that. we got to take a break uh, uh, for just a minute or two. Uh, talk about that incredible next scene. This is Coach Simrone. will be right back. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com Hey, have you ever wondered how the ultra-wealthy grow their real estate portfolio so fast and furious? Have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept? Learn how you can become your own bank and build out your own real estate portfolio like the pros, like the ultra-wealthy. Call Ed Knezovich or Ryan Miller at Next Level Continuing Education at 614-648-2440. Learn how to purchase investment real estate without spending a dollar of your own capital through Next Level Continuing Education. 614-648-2440. And we're back with Frank Jasper after getting slapped in the face, cuffed in the, <laughs> cuffed in the head and getting ready, gritting his teeth and going back in there. So, Frank, tell us a little bit about what happened when you walked back in there. So I, I walk in and they go, okay, take your shirt off. So now I'm standing there with no shirt on, trying oh to be a tough guy, reading right. these lines. And I'm reading with a woman casting director who's sitting there in front. Right. And every time I read a line, she just looks at me and kind of like, like shakes her head a little bit and just like, wow, this guy's ridiculous. That's what I'm, that's what I'm reading off of her. Right. So yeah. I'm like, what is going on? I just stayed in, you know, stayed in character, walked out and I talked to my casting director on the way out and go, what's, what was did her I look like a fool? I yeah. mean, did I look ridiculous? She goes, why? No. What did you, what do you mean? I said, every time I read a line with this woman named Nancy Clopper, she was, she would just like, look at me like, oh man, this guy's yeah. ridiculous. And she goes, no, she cast this role twice before. Neither one of those worked out. And uh, so she was trying to trip you up. Gotcha. And you wouldn't like, let wow, it happen, man. Okay, I love that. game on. Yeah, baby. So then, because uh, uh, Cash Stone hadn't seen this guy named Frank Zagarino, it was the guy that he came uh, that came up from L.A., he hadn't seen him wrestle. So we went on set. Right. And everybody stopped. Then they had a mat with a, you know, with a nice big light on top of it. And uh, Frank and I got on the mat and – Coach would call out, call out moves like duck under, double leg, single leg. You right, know. right, right. Now, firemen, and we had to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he finally said, okay, this kid's good. Yep. So he was. He signed off on the kid from L.A. And so we stood there for about five, ten minutes. And John uh, Peters came over and he goes, okay, you got the role. Because every time I looked over at you, you were just like grinding teeth, staring me down. He says, that's what I'm looking for here. I was like, I okay. Well, you so brought that, that to the screen, brother. <laughs> you were the absolute antagonist. There was no question about it. You played menacing uh, as best as it could be. You were better than the dude from uh, Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> 
Johnny. Johnny. Johnny boy. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of had that same look, you know, the blonde, you know, the all-American badass. So it was it was, it was, was something, dude. You, you brought it. And tell me a little bit about, did you have any kind of, any kind of interplay with any of these, you know, the, the big names, the Forrest Whitakers, the Madonnas, the Daphnes, the, uh, the Lindas, any of those uh, people, did you have any interaction with them on, on set or in, in, um, offset? Well, you know, um, Madonna was an unknown. Yeah, she was, this this was before she was Madonna. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, she got, uh, the movie called, or I mean, that I want to say, you know, crazy for you, which was the soundtrack for the movie. And a very good friend of mine, John Bettis was the writer. Was that desperately seeking Susan? Desperately seeking Susan, I think, wasn't it? Was that? So, yeah. So yeah, that was probably, was that, I don't even know. That came out after, after I think. Yeah. I think it came out after. Yeah. Her very first exposure. And she was an unknown. They found her in a New York bar and, you know, again, you know, Harold just likes certain looks and it worked perfectly. And by, okay. So we started filming, we filmed for 10 weeks. Uh Uh-huh. And then I went back to school. I held uh, my you know, 189 pounds at, at 4% body fat for 10 weeks. Jeez. And then I went back to bodybuilding because I yeah. was a bodybuilder at the time. Gotcha. And jumped back up to, you know, uh, two, 217. Three months later, I got a phone call. Well, we got one more scene. Oh, dear God. And I had a month then at that time to lose the weight. So that was much easier. Yeah. And I went back to school. I was and that was for the school. weigh-in scene? That was for the weigh-in scene? That one was for the weigh-in scene, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, and then I uh, went back to school, and I started really hitting the weights hard again, getting ready for a competition, and I get a call again three months later. Uh, and so I tell them, listen, I, uh, they got one more scene they want me to do. And I, I, I made a commitment to myself into the project that I would give everything I possibly could to do my role, my job, the best I possibly could. Okay. Um. And so I said, okay, but listen, I am getting ready for competition. I'm weighing 225 now. Jesus. Holy <laughs> I'm cow. I'm not going to go down to 189. I'll go down to 200. And wow. so that's what I did. I went down to 200, which is a much easier cut for me than going down to 189 at that point. Um, sure. And that's when I showed up in the, uh, the bathroom scene, you're a bleeder, yeah. you know, 60 seconds on the mat and your dog meat, that scene. And so I was wearing a jean jacket. So I it's not it. as noticeable. Right. Um, that, you know. But right. 10 more pounds, 11 more pounds. I was <laughs> Yeah, well, but your jean jacket can hide that, but you, not when you're yeah. weighing in. <laughs> right. Particularly back then so, in those days, you know, we weighed in naked, so not anymore. Right. That doesn't happen right. anymore. We actually so. had some time afterwards to, like, recover a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, but um, there was some the interesting... Bring... Go ahead. The reason I brought that up, Peter, was because it ended up being over almost a year process before yeah. the movie actually then got released. And during that time, Madonna skyrocketed yeah she went nuts absolutely nuts she went absolutely crazy yeah matter of like fact, a virgin so, all that nut, yeah, nutty yeah. stuff yeah, yeah all of her and, and so when vision quest finally came out in february when it was uh february of 85 was, right yeah yep. february 15th i think i think um, you're right yep. when it got over to europe it was called crazy for you starring madonna Oh, how, how crazy. <laughs> that, well, you know what? Hey, marketing is marketing, right? I mean, let's, right. let's hit when the iron's hot. The, so what else is said on the, uh, on the poster was Matthew must choose between a five foot four brunette and a six foot four monster that he has to wrestle. I'm thinking, wow, I just, I just grew like to four inches over there. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm a monster. Well, that I'm once. Th- in Europe, Peter. Uh, what's that? 
uh, I am big in Europe. That's all I got to say. Exactly. You're the you're European monster. You're like uh, David Hasselhoff over there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're the Hoff, man. Um, and it's funny because, I, you know, I, I, I see some of these outtakes or these posters, you know, of you in the referee's position, and you look like a, an animal. I mean, just yeah. an animal. I mean, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, it's also well, – now, this was shot, what, mostly up upstate Washington, or where was it shot? Yeah, you know, uh, Terry, Terry Davis, the guy that wrote, the uh, author of Vision Quest, lived in uh, Spokane area and actually taught writing classes there as well. And yeah. um, so they they thought they brought the uh, filming to Spokane, Washington. So it was all done in local schools and gymnasiums. And Joe sure. Albee Stadium was the stadium we did the log scene in. And right. they were all, every one of those actors that was, or I should say wrestlers that were extras, they're yeah. all state champions. They're all, you know, hammers on the teams. They're at Meade and, and Rogers. Yep. So they're all, you know, if you look at them, you can tell they're all, you know, good wrestlers. Yeah, and uh, um, Chris Pratt uh, is from that area, isn't he? Yeah, no, I think he's more on the, the closer to Seattle area. Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay. That's this what is, I, I want to yeah. say. And yeah. actually, I ran into him at an event not long ago, that one where I carried the log in. Yeah, and so he's he's a big support. I didn't mention that he's also a big support for uh, wrestling, and yep. and so good for him. We yeah, appreciate his support. Yeah, he does some uh, some some stuff on uh, social media for us as well, and uh, same thing with Garth Brooks too. I was just watching him at the uh, inauguration. Uh, Garth uh, has been a big Oki State supporter. It's it's kind of cool to have these guys that uh, you know may or oh, may yeah. not wrestle, but I know Chris Pratt wrestled. I think he took fifth or sixth in the state. In Washington, yeah, he wrestled in high school, and he he yeah. was like a captain on the team at one point. But he just he just really appreciates it because he's been in those rooms and he knows what it takes. He does, you know? he does, and it's interesting too because um, that area has got that of uh, that shamanic vision vibe too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's an that was an incredible scene, right? The shamanic vision. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you can say shamanic, shamanic, shamanic um, yeah. you know, like a shaman, yeah. you know, that whole vision quest uh, concept, mm-hmm. um, Native American, actually, I, I was invited my very first sweat that I ever did, I got invited to uh, the Arizona reservation there and at, uh, by a, a coach, uh, Mark Hillis, uh, for window rock wrestling, Nice, and uh, he took me out and 50 miles out in the reservation to this guy named Daryl who has a, has a sweat lodge on his property, no running water. Wow. <laughs> These guys live like hardcore and he just has his, he has his, uh, Hogan and he has his sweat. He has his sweat out there. And that's it. And man. So that's... I did a sweat with these guys and it was, it was really an honor. I was the only, you know, non-native in the sweat. And that's so cool. When they, whenever they open their doors like that, it's just, uh, you know, very special. And so I, I, you know, my shop goes out to those guys. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what, uh, what this sport can bring to us, uh, in so many ways, not only, uh, physically, but spiritually and psychologically and, uh, financially at times, not a big sport financially, but, uh, it's been great. And so, you know, the other thing too, that I I wanted to, to talk to you about is, the after effects of this uh, movie for you. And I know that you're heavily into uh, health and uh, spiritual health, uh, what you've been doing for the past probably 30 years uh, with your life partner. Uh, we'd love to uh, mention her. So if you'd like to mention yeah. her name, 
and what you guys are doing together. Yeah. So I, you know, again, I was, I was thinking that all I did was, was play a role in a movie and then, then my life was going back to, you know, athletic training, finishing up my, you know, pre-med degree, which I put in 4,000 hours in the athletic training room. I had all my curriculum finished at that time. I was just finishing my minor in, in uh, K through 12 education. Right. And the movie came out and then I got a call from uh, an agent in New York and APA said, listen, we really liked your work in Vision Quest. We'd like to represent you. Would you come and meet with one of our agents and mm-hmm. see what we can work out? So I did. I flew down to L.A. and, and uh, didn't sign with them, but did sign with another agency that I liked a little. It was a little smaller, but more boutique and uh, type of an agency, and they, they had a good rep. So I came to L.A. and I just, at a time, when I could put my uh, education on hold, figure if I needed to, I could come back, finish it up. Right. Through everything, and I had I had uh, 280 ZX at the time. I was an iron worker for four years, so okay. I bought myself this nice uh, 280 ZX. Nice. Um, and all my everything that I own fit in that. That little Nissan Datsun. Yeah, I love it. The <laughs> Nissan Datsun 280 ZX. Two door hatchback. Everything oh, yeah. fit in that car. Oh yeah. And I drove to LA and and slept on the floor in my brother's room until I could find a place of my own and, and started acting classes and started going out for auditions. And um, for three years, I was really immersed myself in it. I mean, it was acting classes 6, uh, 6 p.m. to 12 midnight every Jeez. night of the week wow. for three years. Wow. So it was, it was, again, like I would do that, and then I would go be a sorter for uh, eight hours, and then I'd sleep for a little bit, and then I'd get up and go do auditions, and then go to my acting class, and then repeat, repeat. Right. Um, and I didn't take good care of myself, so my body started breaking down. But I, I got another movie, another TV uh, show. I did a, a national commercial. I started, uh, I was two and a half years, I did a live action show up in Universal Studios called Conan. Oh, yeah. And we fought with swords. So I got to have like sword experience. They wow. had a master swordsman come and work with all of us. So what an experience. You know, good fighting experience. Go what, ahead. What an experience. It's incredible. You know, and there was times that there was like 35,000 people that came through the gate at the Universal Studios. Oh, and sure. We would do like 15-minute shows, and I would do like nine shows in one day sometimes if Jeez. I was covering for another team. Yep. Um, but it was, it was a blast. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so what are you doing now? That's fantastic. Well, so uh, that led me to the point where I was completely depleted and burnt out. I was drinking too much coffee. I wasn't eating healthy. I wasn't taking good care of myself. I wasn't getting enough sleep. All those things added up. and I, My body was breaking down. Yeah. So I went back into healing. I met my wife shortly thereafter. Um, and I started uh, uh I started going to uh, Samory University of Oriental Medicine. Okay. I um, thought I'd just get a like an, an acupuncture. I would be just learn some acupuncture points, get a degree. Five years later, I ended up a master's degree in Oriental Medicine. It takes it takes a long time, and the mm-hmm. state board's just as tough uh, as any state board or even a um, some uh, boards to become a lawyer. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, <laughs> what I get it. Told. Yeah. So it's tough, but uh, I made it through it. And then my wife and I opened a, a clinic in Pacific Palisades. And for since 1995, we we had a clinic in Pacific Palisades. And I just recently closed it. Okay. On uh, November of 20, 20th of last year. Okay. And we moved to Carmel. 
Beautiful. Oh, Carmel, um, I love it. What's your wife's name? My wife's name is Sanda, S-A-N-D-A. Wow. Um, Hello, Sanda. We love Sanda. put an R in there, so I always have to kind of like let them know it's Sanda. Well, you're, you're um, living, Sanda and you are living in, a, in, in paradise. I mean, Carmel is fantastic. Is. Just it fantastic. Is beautiful. Yep. Beautiful here. Absolutely. So uh, I'm doing now is what I started uh, some, some years ago and doing distance nutritional counseling. So okay. I'll send them out forms and then we'll walk, we'll do a con- you know, a consultation and I'll talk about lifestyle, talk about food, sure. uh, sleep, hydration, um, you know, meditation, all of the things, uh, you know, along with uh, going through every piece of food they put in their mouth, every liquid they put in their body, yep. because it's, it's really important to know everything that's going in and see uh, some people have allergies to things. Some people yep. don't even realize it. Sure. Some people are, you know, hitting too much dairy or too much gluten. Um, and those cause inflammation most of the time in most people. So inflammation uh, is the, is the absolute uh, devil. There's no That's question it. about it. And Absolutely. So you have to find, yeah, it's, it's all, everything starts with every dis-ease in the body starts with inflammation. Yep. Now, garbage in, garbage out. Inflammation as well. Yep. Yep. So, but you want, you know, you want not to be inflamed That's <laughs> as for an sure. athlete. Yep. So um, I'm working with, uh, you know, just patients, but also some athletes. I started working with the, a guy last year who won the NCAA uh, national championship, uh, wrestling championship at uh, 125. Okay. Um, and so he and I are, are we're staying in touch, and he's getting prepared for the Olympics. So I'm hoping that he'll is that he'll represent us for uh, 125 in the Olympics. Is that Spencer year. Lee? No, it's uh, Nick Siriano. Oh, Siriano for sure. Yeah, yeah. My my bad. Yeah, Siriano's a stud from uh, Rutgers, yeah. right? Yeah, Rutgers. Yep. He's the first uh, national champion for Rutgers, and yep. somebody, uh, one of his other teammates, then later on that day became the second. Absolutely, you know, in history, no doubt. So. Yeah, that, that they had two right there. It was it was, it was killer. But uh, well, that's fantastic, uh, Frank. And you know, it's interesting. I, I was uh, looking at some of the um, some of the dialogue, and you just you forget. But some crazy dialogue about like uh, female. Uh, sexual parts, <laughs> it's just fantastic, <laughs> fantastic dialogue. I mean, I, uh, you know, and, and going through the movie is just uh, really iconic stuff. I mean, over and over again. And uh, uh, I, I just am so pleased that you uh, shared your, your story to some degree with us and that uh, you're doing these wonderful things with some of the people in our sport, but also just, just in, you know, with humanity in general and very, very honored to have you on the show. Well, listen, it's it's such an amazing sport on so many levels. And um, I'm reading a book uh, called Finish Strong by Dan Russell. Sure. And, you know, his dad was like, never really thought that it was going to be Dan's, you know, lifelong journey to become a, a gold medalist. Um, but he knew that wrestling would turn boys into men and give them the foundation to really deal with life's adversities, period. Without so, question. Um, Without it, question. It's, it's a sport that, it's emerging. I mean, it's it's really getting some some major pull these days. And the fact that women are wrestling now is yes. a big jump. And these women are insane. They're yes, in, especially at the elite levels. Oh, Helen Marulis um, and some I, of these others are fantastic. Yeah, yep. Marulis, Adeline Gray. I mean, Adeline Gray, yep. Yep. Stock. I mean, yep. Lori Lulu. So it's like 
they're, they go over there. They went over to Nice just recently. I don't know if you saw this, but in Nice, they, they went over there. They had like four or five gold medals. Yeah. It's, it's a huge, it's a huge jump in, uh, yeah. in excellence, but you, you, you don't expect anything less than the United States. I mean, and by the way, Nick won his weight class over there too. Oh, so that's I was fantastic. Like really happy for him, man. He's right on track, right on track, man. We're just tracking just like we want. He's really doing this thing. I'm really happy for him. Well, I'll tell you what, man, we are very happy that you're continuing to stay involved in the sport. And during this time of the virus, um, I ask my guests to leave our audience with some words of courage and words of encouragement. So I'm going to turn it over to you and be quiet, Frank. Okay. So um, lately I've been doing a, for the last seven, eight weeks, uh, a podcast called Cutting Edge Nutrition with Shoot. And, and on that podcast, uh, my intention was to talk about nutrition for optimal performance on the mat and really talk to people about how to cut weight. If you're going to cut weight, how to do it the right way um, and not be yo-yoing up and down. I really hate the, the black eye that that has on the sport, the cutting, because it's not a cutting sport. It's a wrestling sport. Um, so we want to push it to that. I always tell people, you need, if you're going to cut weight, you need to start early. You need to start at least two months out, depending on how much weight you need to lose. You need to lose it slowly. And you need to start by just adjusting your diet, taking out pro-inflammatory foods, white foods, all of the junk foods, over-processed foods, um, deep-fried foods. Those all have to go to the side. You need to eat lean and clean. Um, Three-quarters of plate should be vegetables and salad. Uh, One-quarter lean protein and healthy fat at every meal. That's kind of the basics. Um, and so in there, I've been trying to get to the part where I'm kind of talking about more, uh, optimal performance, but lately it's all been about what you can do to fortify your immune system. And luckily because of co- coronavirus and COVID that we're dealing with on a global scale and a pandemic scale here in the United States. Um, and so one of the smart, smartest things you can do is take all those pro-inflammatory foods out of your diet anyway. And then fortify your immune system with vitamin C, D, E, magnesium, and zinc, and a pre and probiotic. That's the, that's the foundation of supporting and fortifying your immune system. And because we don't know when you're going to get vaccinated, you don't know how well that vaccine is going to work on maybe some of the variants that are out. Variants are, you know, it's starting to really grow. Um, and so we have to really invest in yourself, invest in your in your sleep, your hydration, uh, moderate exercise, um, you know, eating right, having the right mindset. You need to do the basics, wash your hands frequently, social distance, wear a mask. Things if we did as a country, we would be through this already. Because I, I spoken to a friend of mine who lives in, in Shanghai, He's one of my best friends. He was a guy that I went through uh, black belt training with in Aikido. And now he's working in uh, Shanghai. He says they're back to normal there because everybody had to comply. They don't, they don't give you a choice. Right. Everybody had to comply. This is before they came out with any vaccines and business are back to normal. So we need to use our vaccines. We need to use all the, the um, tools we have available. We need to be smart and we'll get through this. And then we yes, want to get through this so that we can have those, those tournaments. I miss those tournaments, man. I'm not, haven't done any appearances in a, a couple of months and it's yes. like, Man, I missed that. I mean, yeah, we need to get back to socialization. I agree with you 100%. And those pillars that you're talking about are so, so, so important. Uh, Everything that you talked about is exactly what uh, I preach in the wrestling room. So uh, I could not uh, agree with you more, Frank. 
And so that's it. I just, you know, I love you guys. I love wrestling. And I just, I just want to promote it and, you know, just take it to the next level. Awesome. Well, Frank, you, Frank, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I could have done this for another whatever long we did this for. It was great. And I had so many more questions, but um, maybe that'll be for uh, season three. I'll bring you back. How's that sound? Absolutely. Nice well, talking great. with you, Peter. Good luck. All the best with you guys. Frank, good luck with your podcast and stay healthy, stay strong, keep helping people. And thank you so much. This was Shoot from Vision Quest. Frank Jasper, Coach Simroni signing off. Love to all. We are all blood. Hey guys, I want to thank Affinity Hole Health and the owner, Brian Zide. He uh, started this company to get you feeling like you were in your prime. You can reach this company at feelgreatcleveland.com, uh, founded obviously by a former wrestler athlete and his partner, who's also a former wrestler and athlete. The whole goal for this is to get you feeling like you're in, in your prime, but also uh, helps you with muscle definition and strength, increased libido, increased energy and drive, increased mental acuity, obviously increases your confidence if you get all those, and increases recovery time from workouts. If uh, if you like all those things and you want all those things, check them out at feelgreatcleveland.com. Thank you again, Brian Zide and Affinity Whole Health. We here at Blood Time, and of course, me, Coach Cimarroni, are excited and overjoyed to be partnering with Evergreen and its leadership provided by CEO Michael D'Aloya. I have known Michael for 20 years, and his intellect, passion, vision, and professionalism are best of breed, and an immensely attractive and deciding reason we are now a proud part of the Evergreen family. In such a tandem, I really think only great things are to come. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.